Good job, Australia. It looks like you managed to defy the random wish-fulfillment fantasy projections of the political polls of the last couple of years and vote yourself in what looks like it's going to be a majority conservative government. Now, of course, the great temptation here is to rest on your laurels and say, well, we did it. We have staved off the collectivist leftist hysterical tide. So all is solved, all is better, and I can go back about my daily business. I'm here to tell you that, tragically, that is not going to be the case, I guess also spurring you on to opportunities to continue to push forward the virtues that you used to stave off the disasters of the last election or potential disasters. So here's the thing. When the left gets in power, they steadfastly use every conceivable legal, quasi-legal, hysterical, abusive, manipulative, you name it, methodology to push forward their agenda which is one of the reasons why when the left gets in, you get a surge, a massive surge of left-leaning policies. Now, when the right gets in power, people are like, whew, dodge that bullet. I guess we won the war. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> you see, wars, metaphorically speaking, are not won by dodging bullets, but by actually advancing into the enemy territory. So here's what you need to do. So you need to put forward the same energy that the left has when pursuing their uh, their uh, agenda in pursuing your agenda, the agenda of conservatism, of small government, of free markets, and so on. So there's a couple of things that you need to do, and you need to push them with the same energy. Otherwise, all you've done is delay the inevitable and thrown away an opportunity for a significant victory. In other words, if the left isn't screaming blue murder, well, you're not taking back any territory and you're just ceding inch by inch the liberties that your ancestors fought and bled and died to provide to you. So a couple of suggestions I have, of course, you need to get immigration right under control. There's this massive experiment, as I talked about in my recent video on Australian politics, there's this massive experiment going on in Australia and in other countries, which is like, hey, if we get all of these disparate groups with different abilities and jam them all together under the same political system, is it going to work out really well? The evidence is that it does not work out well at all. In fact, it does the very opposite of working out well, which is to work out with a tragedy that has scarce been surpassed in human history as it plays out. So you need to get that uh, under control. And uh, secondly, you know, you have the physical semi-invasion of welfare-funded immigration and refugees, but you also have the much more legal economic imperialism of, say, people from China buying up most of the continent. So you need to kind of grip, get a grip on that. One of the things that you can do, of course, is you can negotiate from the standpoint that reciprocity is fair play. It's almost impossible for non-Chinese people to own property in China. So you just need to go to the Chinese and say, hey, you know the way that you guys run your society? That's not so bad. So what we're going to do is we're going to match your ownership capacities in China. We're not going to make it any easier for Chinese people to own property in Australia as it is for Australians to own property in China. Now you might say, but that might cause a slight dip in property values. Uh, and well, that's, I guess, the, the bullet that you have to take to maintain the integrity of your civilization. You know, Australians, when you think of how they were treated by, let's just say the Japanese in the Second World War when horrifying weapons were tested on concentric rings of Australian prisoners of war. Well, that was a hell of a thing to take in order to sustain a civilization. A dip in property values doesn't seem quite as bad. I could be wrong because I don't own property in Australia, but it doesn't strike me as a kind of moral equivalent. So that may be something you want to 
look into. And of course, if there is a drop in property values, if there is a reduction in the perceived wealth of Australia uh, uh, for the time being, well, that's going to make it less of an incentivized place for people to come to, right? Because Australia should never be accepting any refugees because it's not an easy place to get to. You know, it's a continent surrounded by quite a bit of water. And so given that refugees are supposed to get to the first safe country that they can and stay there, and while they're being processed, they should not be in Australia at all. So, you know, just enforce the laws. That's kind of what, what I'm I'm talking about. Nothing too particularly wild. Now, another thing that you should do is you should not be able to come to the country and go on welfare. See, <laughs> the original idea behind welfare was you pay into the system for a certain amount of time should some very unusual, perhaps unforeseen, unable to insure against disaster occur for you, then you can rely on the quasi-kindness of the coerced safety net called the welfare state. That was sort of the idea, only to be pulled in case of emergency, only break a glass in case of emergency. That was the idea behind the welfare state. So you need a high IQ population, a well-educated population, because then there's very few who are going to use the welfare state. Why? Because if you're smart, you get much more money in the free market than you ever would um, in the welfare state. Also, English speaking as well helps because the economy is largely run on English in Australia. So if you speak English, it's going to be much more productive for you in general to go into the economy rather than stay on welfare. So well, language requirements are pretty, pretty key. Now, what it's dissolved into is you come to Australia or Western countries as a whole, in general, there's exceptions, and you go on welfare, right? So almost three quarters of the immigrants into America end up on some sort of government assistance, which means that you've not paid into the system and you're withdrawing from it. Well, everybody knows how this works. If you have a company that offers fire insurance, right? If your house burns down, they'll build you a new house and people can take out that insurance when their house is already burning down, well, that company's going to go out of business very quickly. The only way that insurance works is if the vast majority of people don't need it. And the only way that the welfare state is even remotely sustainable, the morals of it are a whole different question because it is kind of coerced, but the only way that it's sustainable in any way, shape, or form is if vastly more people are paying into it than are taking out of it. And so if you have an immigration system which dumps a lot of people who never paid into the system on welfare, it is going to crash the system and thereby you're going to end up with a lot of people who haven't worked in quite a long time suddenly being out of money and that is a recipe for insurrection, social unrest, civil war, you name it. And it's not going to do any kindness to the people whose ancestors actually did build Australia uh, into, into what it is now, who actually do deserve some sort of protection, and that protection is going to be destroyed. You don't really have the right to do that to your most vulnerable citizens. So a rule wherein immigrants can't get welfare for a certain period of time, uh, well, to me, that would be infinity for everyone, but uh, something where it's five or ten years or more, you just you can't get welfare until you've paid into it for a certain amount of time. Because here's the thing. You want people coming to your country who want freedom. You don't want people coming to your country who want free stuff because nothing is free. And the pursuit of heaven leads directly to hell. So whatever it is, it could be anything. This is just my thoughts from where I am, could be anything, but what you need to do is not just say, woof, we've won the war by dodging a bullet, but go and retake the ground, put some sensible policies in place, create yourself a truly sustainable 
society and they're going to get hysterical and they're going to get mad and they're going to call you names and they're going to be abusive and yeah maybe that'll make you feel uncomfortable for a while until it just becomes some background meowing in an o2 hot yard but you'll be saving your entire culture and civilization so yeah people might get mad at you but you're not on the baton death march and remember whenever you feel bad at least you're still not an australian prisoner of war under the Japanese of the Second World War.